Well, welcome to our second season of Knowledge Casts. If you're a regular listener, we're certainly glad to have you back. If you're a first-time listener, we hope you enjoy today's podcast, and we'll come back and join us next week. We have a great list of guests this season, and you can read about them by going to jackwwilliams.com and scroll down to the podcast section. Today, we're excited to have Steve Wisnett with us as our guest. Steve is a very successful real estate developer, spanning his career over 53 years. Steve has literally witnessed and participated in the development of Metro Atlanta over that particular time. Steve and his partner, the legendary John Williams, formed Tricale Investments in 1972, and later Steve formed Madison Retail, a retail mixed-use development company that combined kind of a central place for shopping and dining with a pedestrian-friendly environment. Steve also was one of the early developers that got into developing on-campus housing for several of the major colleges and universities. As busy as Steve's career has been, he's also been heavily committed to giving back to the community through his support and physical involvement in numerous nonprofit organizations. Welcome, Steve. Glad to have you with us. Thanks, Jack. Happy to be here. Well, Steve, let's get down to it. You've had a long and and very successful career as a real estate developer. Share with, uh, with us how you got your start. I was really, uh, I became interested in real estate based on a tour I had with what was then the old trust company buying. But I was really mentored into the real estate business by John Williams, my tech classmate, who uh, turned out to be an iconic developer and who was the founder of Post Properties. So I was extraordinarily fortunate to sort of have a running start. Well, you certainly did have a good guy to, uh, to be mentoring you, which leads me kind of to my next question. Uh, we talk a lot with our students and the folks we work with about how important it is to have a, a mentor. And how important is it in your mind to have a mentor for someone that's starting a career in real estate or any career for that matter? I think it's important. It's not uh, critical. You can do it other ways. But real estate particularly is is based to a large degree on relationships. And you need somebody to help you sort of maneuver through those those ways of building relationships. And so it's really pretty important, perhaps more so than some other businesses, some other industries. What uh, What was John's strength as a mentor? Oh, he had so many jackets, almost hard to list them. Um, Number one, I characterized John as a person who could see around corners. He had an extraordinary ability to understand the economy, to understand lifestyles, to to look out on on the horizon. And he also had a great uh, foundation from a moral standpoint. Um, we had such a great partnership for so many years, and, and truly, it was one of those things where you never looked over your shoulder, you never had to worry about, you know, a, a partner, uh, were they doing the right thing, you know, were they doing the wrong thing, um, I mean, it was always one of those situations that you could, you could focus on the things you really needed to, and, and you didn't have to be concerned about anything else. Well, that, that is a great quality for a partnership. Um, you've developed a lot of properties over your time. Do you have one or two that either you really enjoy doing or you're most proud of? 
Well, I've done some things that were fairly unique. I guess we did our first project in uh, 73 was Park Air Mall, and it was very unusual. We built the first Olympic-sized ice rink in the southeast, and uh, we, we got a lot of arrows in the back on that project. It was, <laughs> it was uh, cutting edge, and I'm not sure we really understood what we were getting into early on. Uh, turned out well at the end, but uh, that was that was probably one of the most interesting projects. Uh, Swanee Town Center ended up being a good mixed-use project, so that's one that you know that I I sort of look fondly on. And then some of the student housing projects uh, because of of John's son Jay Williams, who is very creative, uh, turned out to really be I think uh, sort of. Uh, iconic in, in what I call the student development world. And, and those projects were at places like uh, Baylor University, uh, Texas A&M, Kennesaw State, it's a project called Stadium Village. You know, they were all uh, really, really well done. So. Well, I can speak firsthand of your Swanee Town Center. I don't live very far from there and have uh, been there many, many times, seen uh, a lot of the activity out there on the lawn, on the center, and uh, uh, well-designed, and it is certainly uh, being well-populated, I'll assure you that. You know, just like a, a lot of other careers, there's a lot of stories about successful real estate developers. There's probably a lot more stories about those that weren't so successful. Um, can you share some of the challenges that you encountered during your career that you really had to work through, and how'd you do it? How'd you go about working through those challenges. It's interesting. I, I've met over the years a lot of people and the person on the street, a lot of times will say to you either directly or, or will imply, gosh, you're rich and, and uh, all of us ought to be able to, to do something like that. And, and I have to say my typical response is, I think everybody ought to do at least one. <laughs> and I think one would be about enough for most folks because uh, there's nothing easy about the process. Um, having said that, it's not rocket science. And uh, I consider my strength, unlike John's strength, to be, I go from A to B and from B to C and from C to D fairly well. You know, I'm really pretty organized. I try to stay on top of things. Um, but I think we were fortunate early on that we picked, we decided to pick really great accounting help and also legal help. And, uh, and then, you know, John said to me at one point, and I totally agreed with him, we had nothing. I mean, we literally started with nothing. We started with a company that we put $500 in a piece in 1972, and that was it. And we, uh, we said, we don't have any money really to speak of, uh, but nobody's gonna outwork us. And, and I have to say over the years, I'm not sure that was the world's greatest decision because you need to moderate that, that stance a little bit. Um, but we did really work hard. I mean, we put in a lot of 70 and 80 hour weeks and uh, we always looked at it as 
we're going to be working with other people, not, we don't expect people to be working for us. Well, it and certainly worked, worked for you. Has, you know, has a lot to do with it. You're talking about success and uh, industries and people that are successful and those that aren't. I was talking with Bill Battle one time, who was the head coach at Tennessee and later formed uh, the first uh, licensing company and did extremely well. Yeah. And we were we were at lunch and he was talking with a former LSU coach by the name of Charlie McLennan and both of them had coached with Bear Bryant. And uh, he, they were he said, yeah, they were talking and everybody talks about all the coaches that Coach Bryant put into coaching. He said, nobody talks about all the coaches that Coach Bryant put out of coaching. He said, and two of us, <laughs> one of you know, we're, we're two of them. Uh, so, uh, well, you guys have, have again, the, the partnership and how you and John work uh, is a great model for, for others. For, for those of people that are, you know, starting their career or in the early stages of it, uh, regardless of what kind of field it might be, what, what advice would you share with them? Jack, I would say probably the single most important thing is something Churchill made famous 60 or so years ago. You never, never, never quit. You know, when things get tough, and they will, believe me, uh, you'll hit some, some hurdles and you'll wonder at times whether or not you can get around them. Um, but you just have to keep after it and you have to have some confidence in your ability and you've gotta be at least probably a little bit lucky. And I think frankly, uh, we were smiled on by, by God and for whatever reason. And I think a lot of those things all kind of fold together. You know, I, I would add to that, uh, you know, find somebody who has been successful and done it the right way, uh, either in your field or some other field, and seek them out and ask for help. You know, a lot of people tend to shy away from asking for help. They think it's a sign of weakness. And I, I tell people, I think it's a sign of strength. It's a sign of maturity that you realize that you don't know everything and that you, you are willing uh, to learn. Well, you know, Jack, in that regard, the people that I know, uh, when asked for help, I think look at it as a compliment. I do. Sure. You know, if somebody reaches out to me, uh, it's sort of a, a sense of, I see something there that I think is perhaps productive or worthwhile. And if you can help me fill in the blanks, I would appreciate it. And to me, that's a great compliment. Uh, I can remember being asked, you know, back some years ago, by a person that you knew very well, Kim King, and also John Dewberry, you know, for a little bit of guidance. And that's really all they got from me. But, and, and I've done it for other folks over the years, but I always look at that as a privilege. I, I agree. And, and, you know, those people that have done that or have been in a mentoring role, uh, I, I can just say personally, I get more excited about seeing somebody that I worked with be successful than, than what, you know, I might do. It's kind of like coaching when you're coaching. It's just, there's hard to explain. You coach the youth leagues there for a year, for a while. It's hard to explain, but just that great feeling that you get when you see somebody that you worked with, uh, put it all together and experience success. 
No, I totally agree. I think that, you know, that's a lot of what it's about. A lot of people think that it's only financial. It goes way beyond that. Um, that's one piece of the puzzle. Uh, like John used to say, it's an objective way to keep score, but that's about it. Yeah. And there are a lot of other things that factor in, and there are a lot of other things that are important. And I saw it, you know, from from his lifestyle and, and the way he, you know, he gave to so many causes and, and participated actively, found time to be involved in so many different things. And, uh, and it rubs off. You know, it really well, you give me another segue into my next question. Uh, like John, you, you've always been a person who believed in giving back and, and being very active in, in support. Some people give and other people get active and other people, very few people do both. And you've uh, been very supporting a number of causes. What, what created that desire to be service and giving oriented? Jack, I think I started out uh, with a great family foundation, and I think a lot of it started there. Um, you know, as I was coming along, unlike some of you, I was pretty undersized, and I badly, among other things, wanted to play sports. And I also had a bit of a Napoleonic complex, you know, being small. And I made sure that I didn't give anybody an edge. I didn't do anything to harm myself. You know, I didn't didn't smoke. I didn't really drink after about 13. And, uh, you know, uh, I just I, I just refused to do things that I felt like might be somewhat negative. The one thing I found I, I stumbled into pretty early on was if I, by happenstance, did something for somebody else, and particularly if I did it under the radar, it gave me the kind of feeling that nothing else did. And, uh, you know, that was almost like the drug of choice. And so uh -huh. um, for me, I've, I've just tried to do that. But, but I have to say, I've, I've really worked at trying to stay off the radar. Uh, I don't need, you know, somebody pat me on the back. I don't need acolytes. Um, I try hard to do the right thing for the right reasons. And I would encourage the students to do the same thing. And, and, and to go back to something that you mentioned, you know, integrity is the absolute key. Without that, you don't have anything. And I know when I've hired people over the years, that is the first and sometimes only thing I really wanna know. If I can get a sense of your integrity the rest of it can fall into place. Yeah, so, you can teach. You can teach the rest. Hard to teach integrity. Absolutely. Well, one last question. We'll let you go. You you had a long career, as we talked about in real estate. And you've seen a lot of changes in the industry and that field. What what comes to mind as the biggest change from when you started to now in your industry? Probably lifestyle changes combined with technology. Um, and I'll admit, I'm a, I'm a very solid conservative, almost like uh, a dinosaur. I really hate change. I don't acclimate to it very well. And people that know me know that, you know, when I go home, I read a book and I don't read it on a Kindle. I read it, you know, with my hands on, on the pages. 
Um, so that has been a tough transition for me. And, and yet it is something out there that is embraced and is whose time has come. And so I think everybody has to take that into account. And, and we try hard to do that. Uh, but I think that along with lifestyle changes are the, probably the two things and they interact with each other to a fair degree um, that, well, that we've had to try to get our hands around. It seems like the cycle between lifestyle changes gets shorter and shorter uh, nowadays. Uh, so I would hate to be someone like John trying to look around the corner about you know when that next cycle was going to change. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, I totally agree. Well, Steve, uh, what a pleasure it, uh, it was to have you with us today. I want to thank you for uh, sharing your experiences and your insights with our audience. And on a personal note, I just thank you for your friendship and your encouragement to me uh, over the years. Um, hope you enjoyed today's time together and, and we'll encourage others to join us on our next podcast. And until then, I hope you'll make it your goal to be a positive influence in the lives of others. Hey, before you go, we wanted to let you know about Jack's book called The Question, a guide to answering life's most important question. In this book, Jack shares his personal journey that began in 1993 to determine the values, principles, and beliefs that would guide his life. Whether you are a spouse, parent, grandparent, friend, leader, educator, coach, or mentor, Jack's I Believe statements apply to all the roles he has played during his lifetime and can do the same for you. Jack's message applies to all people, ages, and careers. It's an easy read with compelling stories, enjoyable humor, and sincere transparency. The question is now available in ebook and paperback exclusively on Amazon. Go to jackwwilliams.com slash the question to learn more and buy your copy today. Again, thanks for joining us for this episode and join us next week for an all new episode of KnowledgeCast by Ideals.